0: there's so much information there and we just need to do a better job of you know making it usable by everyone so that you can easily integrate that into whatever you're doing you know and you can bring the the knowledge and the materials that libraries have into other projects i you know that's my uh uh, that's my ideal my utopia but From the Outpost, this is
1: List Envy. My name is Mark Stedman, and this is the podcast in which I collaborate with a guest to build a top five list on a topic they choose. This week's guest is Owen Stevens, who is the librarian's librarian. And, and what I mean by that is he's not, he's not like an uber stereotype of a librarian. I mean, he is... He he, know, he knows libraries and he knows librarians and he is an authority, not just on books, but on libraries as well. He runs a library management system. He knows this stuff. I know a little bit about library management systems uh, because of a former day job. So, yes. Uh, so when Owen speaks, I believe him and I trust him. Um, I also trust him on the topic of fictional librarians, which is what we're covering this week. Uh, we'll get into some stuff. I'll tell you uh, about, uh, uh, oh, there's there's so many things to talk about. Um I, I reneged on my uh posting of the studio stuff in the show notes last time. I've let you down, I'm sorry, but listen, we're we're gonna get into happier times. We're gonna start off chatting with, with Owen uh and we will begin by talking about why exactly Owen wanted to make this list.
0: Well, uh, I mean I'm a librarian and like and I and I think that librarians like there's this fascination from librarians and i guess this is probably true of any profession right but but there's a fascination with how we're presented in media and popular culture and stuff and i think uh, and so yeah it's it's fascinating and i'm I'm kind of fascinated both by the representation and also our, uh the profession's kind of reaction to it and 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 how we relate to it i suppose um and it's because there's such a strong kind of idea of this stereotype type of a librarian, it, it, I guess that that's one of the things that's really kind of, when you become a librarian or you, you know, you're a librarian, you're very aware of that idea. And, and obviously generally it's not a particularly um, flattering one that, and, and, um, Never is, is it? And, uh, and so you kick back against that. And I think that's also, but also like looking at like fictional representations, I guess that, when they're the main character they're also pushing back against stereotypes almost always there's like you don't you know the hero if if the librarian has enough to them to be notable in the story then i you know they're not usually just your stereotype and i guess that's why it's kind of fascinating as well because Actually, there are loads of representations of librarians that are not the stereotype in fiction. And yet, like, there's still this really strong idea of, like, you know, everybody can picture it in their minds immediately, you know, the stereotypical librarian of the, you know, woman with glasses, twin set, pearls, you know, or the whole, you know, thing kind of buttoned down, kind of um, rather unfriendly. Very
1: stern, telling people to shush.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and that is, and it's interesting that that's such a strong stereotype. And yet, I'm not. I mean, it obviously is represented in culture, and but it's really embedded, and and so, you know, I suppose I'm. I you know, I find it interesting that these these things kind of compete with each other. I suppose in in terms of how we represent ourselves and the profession, and yeah, and I guess that you know, I I don't know, librarians. I'll probably talk a bit more about this, like as we talk about the different librarians we've chosen. But I think that there's. there's a tendency and i think that i'd certainly see myself in this category for some librarians not and by no means all um to to see librarianship as a calling or a vocation which is something that they they kind of um are destined to do somehow i mean destined is probably a bit strong but that in in the fictional world obviously it often is you know at that level and um that that being something you know i i come from a family of librarians my my dad was a librarian my Uh, uncle's a librarian or was a librarian my uh cousin's a librarian you know it's kind of uh seems to be a a (laughs) something that is for me kind of quite deeply ingrained and so I suppose you know that that then you know you start to when you watch representations of people on screen you start you're looking at for yourself in I suppose to be reflected in them and when you see you know in, in books and you know whenever you see these representations you're fascinated by it and um, and I guess, you know, that's, that's true. I'm sure. Well, I mean, I know like when I was younger, uh, quite a lot younger, I did fencing and rock climbing and like whenever there's then a book or a film about those things, you kind of, you know, you immediately, everybody in, in, you know, your circle is like immediately interested and wants to see oh, how, how have they mucked this one up.
1: But, you know, it's like. <laughs> As someone who's had a technical job for a long time, um, I, I, uh, yeah i uh i get that <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah you you always want to see how the hacker is is yeah, going to be portrayed yeah
0: absolutely, and also i mean i i work i work on the board well i mean my my interest in libraries has always been about the use of computers and computing in in libraries, and that's really and i and I've worked in i t as well um and so you know i remember when the it crowd came out the i t crowd came out it's like that was you know again it's kind of how you see yourself represented is like really, I think you know immediately interesting because you know you've got an insight into this world and you wonder what other people's view of it is. And
1: there's 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 some views that are sort of the reverend um, or reverent. Uh, they, they've got uh, they've got an affiliation or they've got a an affinity with that that kind of person, but they also know where the buttons are um and and like to push them and i think I, I i enjoy i enjoy that kind of thing and i think the the it crowd wavered um be, between those two things and i think i think there are shows like that 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 are really fun where you you get the sense that the writer knows the topic that they're writing about but they also know which buttons to push
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: so given all that then what would be what is number 1 for you what absolutely has to make the list or who i should say has to make the
0: list <laughs> so my number one is a character called bunny watson um who's from a film called desk set um and uh she's a a librarian kind of researcher librarian in a uh a a tv company um and played by catherine hepburn it's a, a hepburn uh tracy movie uh and they're both they're both a you know, I guess uh, in o- older than than some of their um, earlier films, and there and she's a you know she's this librarian working with a team of of, of staff in in the library. She's asked to do re- you know they're constantly being asked to to answer questions that are you know kind of random questions that the the whoever is working in the company kind of decide they've got you know at Christmas like there's you know they say oh well somebody's just phoned up to find out you know the names of the reindeer and they'll be you know they'll be ringing again to find out about the 12 days of christmas in about an, you know an hour's time so that you know this this idea of like they just ask the same questions every year but um and she's you know she's witty she's stylish um she likes a drink um which uh, certainly reflects many librarians i know um uh dresses you know super smart and stylish and um you know I, I think how can you not love uh, that kind of character played by Catherine Hepburn? It's like it, it's amazing, um, and the film is is great. And obviously, a, a romance between uh, eventual romance between Catherine Hepburn and the Spensy Tracy character. But it's also interesting that it, it kind of feel, feels like the kind of film story that you would retell again today because it's about a computer system tracy is a is a expert, and he's brought in this computer system that is that the librarians fear is going to replace them so this um this uh, computer that can answer all these questions for you you know in half the time and he you know the idea is like everything's getting more efficient and it's uh, I think the film came out in thousand nine hundred fifty four so I think i can I can give spoilers without uh upsetting <laughs> anyone but um but the <laughs> in the end the ending is is actually that the idea that it's got, the computer is there to help them you know do a better job not replace them and um and there there's a great scene towards the end where like he's trying to show how it, how amazing the computer is at as answering questions and uh, they ask it something about Corfu, and it, it translates this as curfew and then starts to reel off this um this very long poem called um the uh, curfew must not ring tonight which um of course bunny watson the the librarian can quote from memory because she's like you know uh one of these kind of you know super smart librarians which is definitely a trope you know in this stuff oh, the, yeah. the, you know, of course she's read everything in the library yeah exactly exactly yeah. um which we all you know all do obviously that's what of we course. do uh, and but but the, the computer first of all mistranslates this from uh corfu to curfew and then won't stop the poem until it's got to the end and I, it's like just, alexa, stop. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> that it's like you could write that today right with alexa yes. uh, i mean even down to the fact that the computer is called emmy uh short for emirac you know it's kind of but it it takes you know the part of the idea of the of the computer is that for the spencer tracy character it's kind of a replacement woman or or it you know the mm. the, the concern is that he'll never love a woman as much as he loves the computer. And, and it's, um, but yeah, this, uh, it, it, it just, you could pick it up, I think, and, and replay it now with, and, and you'd have the same things, right? That, That this concern that computers might take our jobs or, um, you know, somehow devalue skilled professionals. And, uh, and at the same time, like that, that they're amazing, but they have these terrible short for Cummings, that, that you just you know that that then make your life a nightmare and it's like you know whether that's this this film or you know the microsoft paperclip clippy <laughs> or, or alexa you know or siri misunderstanding you know there's nothing my kids like more than than shouting stuff at siri for it to misunderstand them you know you know that's hilarious and so yeah it's i mean she's an amazing character and like very you know obviously really uh, lots of positive characteristics, um, although she's a bit hopeless in her love life, and there the are aspects of her character which are maybe less kind of admirable. But but you know, and it's uh, yeah, I just love it. It's r- really funny. Recommend watching it, um, uh, especially if you like that kind of screwball comedy thing, um, which which I I do. And it's also interesting, like um, he- another Hepburn film, Philadelphia Story, which is also. Uh, really worth watch with Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart um, and in that there's a librarian character not played by Hepburn but but there's that there is the kind of stereotype of a you know shushing strict librarian mm-hmm. and and like I think this is kind of from Hepburn it's kind of a nice counterbalance to that like a really positive um, representation of, of this you know amazing woman who's uh, you know a librarian is her I think again her calling her job she can't imagine doing anything else
1: Fantastic! Well, wow. um, <laughs> from that I'm going to go. My number one then is Horace. Uh, well, it, this is the, the the rumored name is is, is Horace Warblehat, um, but he is the librarian of uh, the library at Unseen University in ankh Pork uh, on the Discworld.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. And he is also an orangutan. Uh, don't call him a monkey. On my list as well. Oh, uh, fabulous! So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah
1: <laughs> um I was, uh, I was i was speaking to um so my my guest from a, a few weeks ago was valerie paris and we were speaking about uh point and click adventure games and I, I
0: listened to it just uh on friday yeah oh yeah.
1: fantastic yeah and so you've already heard me talk about the uh <laughs> yeah the librarian um and of course i i think i i, I might even mentioned that i was going to pick <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. this particular character yeah um absolutely wonderful to play with and and um i feel like was possibly more well drawn in the games than in the books i've read and i've read quite a few um and he's you know i think he's he's a bigger character in the games he's a significant character in the game right um and i think less so in the in the books um
0: yeah i think the interesting thing about the books is that he appears in a lot of them and often like with not uh, yeah sometimes with a pivotal role but but he's not he's never the main character it's kind of you know it, and i i guess uh you know he can only say ook or eek pretty much <laughs> which is yeah. like also i love uh like the um uh the similarities to groot i am groot there oh, from yeah. the the gardens of the galaxy films and, and comics and whatever but um but yeah the um and i think pra- uh terry pratchett had said something like you know it's hard to to write a story where the protagonist's uh, internal monologue is like entirely made of oops and eeks, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I mean, I think, and I think that one of the interesting things is that, that he is so well drawn despite, you know, despite, you know, that, that kind of limit, those limitations, I've not played the game. So I, uh, I don't know what it's like, uh, what he's like in the game, but in the, in the books, you definitely feel him as a character and a presence even though it, it's kind of minimal it, you know it's not like he has a lot of characteristics that you can kind of say uh, you know they're, they're limited <laughs> they are like don't call me a monkey you know i like bananas and peanuts and beer and you know and and loves being a librarian and and books you know obviously you know that and being able to scale the shelves yeah and, exactly yeah. And, and like the convenience of of being an orangutan in that um in that uh environment a magical library where the books are kind of quite dangerous um yes yeah
1: yeah he's he is a he's a obstreperous if that's the the right word um he's a good uh, yeah a good grumpy librarian um which which i think is 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 what you need in the disc world um and yeah in in the games you as as Rincewind, you interact with him and you get you know the same ook eek answers and of course uh Rincewind can understand them perfectly, yeah. Um, or is, well, he he gives off the impression that he understands them.
0: <laughs> I I read the Discworld books quite um quite a long time ago, uh, and they were books that uh, I grew up with. I guess I read them, you know, through certainly through my teenage years. I remember getting the Color of Magic, which is the first one in the series. And if uh, you know, if anybody's not read them, I wouldn't necessarily recommend starting with that one, actually. But um, but it's I mean, this the whole set of books is just amazing, but um, but it is quite a while. It was quite a while since I read them, so I went back and read um, one, um, sorcery as like after I'd said that I would come on here. I thought, oh, I better you know reread and and in sorcery the the library gets burnt down, um and um and so the librarian has you know a reasonably clear role there, and he um one of the things at the end one of the things in the book is that uh there are two characters uh, um Nigel and I think it's Kanina who's the daughter of Cohen the the barbarian mm-hmm. um and um the um and the librarian tries to interact with them and then kind of just wanders off and it says something like uh he always knew when people re- didn't understand him you know it's kind of the, this idea that yeah Rincewind, he he talks to um, and in, in fact, in that book, Rintwind is the assistant librarian at the start of that book. Ah, okay. Um, it's been a while since I've read Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. I, I had to go back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah. He. Yeah. So he, he. definitely. The. The. The implication is that Rintwin definitely understands him and can kind of you know like the the group Rocket Raccoon relationship. You know, mm-hmm. in state. Um, and yeah, and the I think the other thing I like about it is that 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 grumpiness which is you know there he's not he's not that that stereotype of a a grumpy librarian kind of shushing people and whatever but no he's a
1: different grumpy stereotype but
0: he's and he reminds me of i mean i uh, no names I, i worked with someone um many years ago who um would work on a the reference desk in a library this was in a university library and there was a sign and i can't remember what this there was a sign on the desk that was kind of about where you could get uh, i think where the photocopies were or whatever and whenever somebody would come up to ask him about it he would rather than interact with them he would just pick up the sign and show them it and that was was it And, and it was like and it's that kind of you know sincere kind of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you're wasting my time <laughs> yes yes uh, yeah that grumpiness i uh, yeah i don't recommend that as a as a, <laughs> a way of running a library but yeah i kind of recognize that kind of really obstreperousness uh, <laughs> that, that can come from kind of yeah i don't know that, that i recognize in in people yeah absolutely
1: uh so who's your number two
0: then my number two is a character called liriel um, and this is a character from a series of books uh, by an author called Garth Nix. Yeah. Um, and uh, he writes um, fantasy fiction mainly for, I'd say, young adult, um, you know, m- what they call middle grade fiction but, uh, and older. But this particular series is um, called, it, well, it was originally a trilogy uh, called The Old Kingdom um, Trilogy and it's for i would say it's for older readers but it's also i think one of those kind of teen fiction ones which is definitely can appeal to an adult audience um it, and um in a way a bit like the northern lights or something like that the the yeah. pullman books it, it it kind of tackles uh themes of life and death in quite a, a very direct because kind of quite a bit of the story is about um the idea that the dead can the, the necromancers can bring people back from the dead and um and that's you know the the main thrust of the story is is the battle against these people who resurrect the dead but it, it's um it's yeah really well realized fantastical world um and great characters and liriel is the the star of the second book uh she doesn't appear in the first book at all which is um called Sabriel, which is about a different character. But Liriel appears in the second and third books. Um, and she's the, the, the title character of the second book. And she starts out, she, she lives in this mountain retreat with a community of people who can see the future. And it's um, called the Clare. And they, um, she, she, she is waiting to gain the talent, which comes kind of around puberty, of, of being able to see into the future and she's getting older and older and it's not come and and she all she wants to do she's a bit of an outsider and all she really wants to do is belong to this community and feel part of it and um, and that doesn't happen i can't imagine how that would relate to anyone's life (laughs) and and she and so i think this is so she she becomes she's kind of looking for something to to kind of distract her and Mm -hmm. she's offered this job or asks for a job in the library and and like the the she the character says um uh sorry the person she's talking to who's kind of making the decision for her she, she says that can be dangerous um for a girl of 14 but but it's better to be a librarian than part of the collection um and it's the, this idea Ooh. that the library is not an entirely safe environment, and she she uses it she so she works in the library for the next kind of five years becomes third assistant librarian looking for promotion to the second assistant librarian position and she um she explores the library and it becomes her escape from the world, which I think is a real you know is definitely something that that people really do experience uh, there's um uh there's a great uh, neil gaiman uh who's a writer has a quote about libraries where he says libraries are not child care facilities but feral children sometimes raise themselves amongst the stacks and that mm. reflects his childhood memories of being just left in the library to to read and i think it is that idea that she uses it to escape from the world in the first case but she um but through exploring, and she, and it is like not a normal library. Of course, it's it's a magical library. So she encounters magical beasts there, both um, dangerous and friendly, and learns uh, uh, both from those encounters and from the books she she reads and finds. To um, she learns a huge amount. Which then, when she actually has to about a halfway or two thirds of the way through the book, leave the library, go into the real world, as it were. You know, actually face the world. Um, and face the fact that she's never going to be part of this community she grew up in she she her path lies elsewhere um and she has to find her own way to it um she even though like she's leaving the library behind and there's a there's a bit of the the the, you know there that's about her leaving the the library to join the real world as i say what she takes from having lived in the library and worked in the library is you know is vital to what she does next in life and i you know i it's she's a great character really uh well realized i think and and this idea of of the library as a as a nurturing place i guess uh, but also not an entirely safe place somewhere that dangerous ideas can live as well as um powerful ideas is you know it's really i think a strong um uh metaphor i suppose you know and um and yeah, yeah, so I really highly recommend the series to to people it 's um really well written, and uh, the original trilogy, there are three books there have been a few more short stories and books are added to the to the sequence, but I think the first three really stand as a uh, yeah great work of fiction well, my number two i 'm going with Mrs. Phelps
1: uh, from Matilda yeah um, who I mean I I I can't hope hope to be as as uh, erudite uh, as as you have been about these characters but um I I was thinking about Matilda and when when we were when I was thinking about this a, a few weeks ago thinking I knew there was an important librarian in Matilda and I, all I could think about was Miss Honey and um uh, but it but it's Mrs Phelps that who introduces her to the concept of you can take these books away? <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you know that's one of the things. First things that we hear her say in the book is um, is is as Matilda's been devouring all of these different subjects uh, and and sort of leaping from one thing to another. You can you know you can you can take these. A library like ours allows you to take these books away, something like that. Um, and suddenly you know she, you have that lovely Quentin Blake image. Um, if if I'm remembering it rightly, of her sort of teetering under a toppling stack of books, (laughs) um, which is, you know, which is lovely. And she's, she's, you know, one of the, the few, one of really two kind adults yeah, that, that Matilda meets in in her journey, uh, and and plays she plays such an important role in setting her on on her path. Really, um, that it's yeah, it's it's a it's a lovely thing.
0: I think you're right, and uh, I I asked when when I was you know thinking about w- what my list should be. I I, I didn't put Mrs. Phelps on the list, but I I asked and kind of I was asking friends and family for suggestions and some and several people immediately said Mrs. Phelps from Matilda. And I think for me, it's the it's the public librarian that we well, I don't know, maybe not we all, but certainly I would have loved to have had as a kid. You know, it's like that idea of somebody who, you know, as you say, she's she embodies the fact that you know, adults can be kind and understanding and helpful in Matilda's life, which is, you know, <laughs> not her experience, uh, otherwise, apart from, you know, Miss Honey, obviously. And, um, and the, also the, the fact that she, although like Matilda's, I, I can't remember how old Matilda is, but she's like four or something. I think when she first goes to the library or very young, you know, mm-hmm. preschool because she's, it's before she meets Miss Honey. And, um, and despite that, you know that Mrs. Phelps still introduces her to um, you know Dickens and yeah. and Austen and uh, oh yes, gets a, gets her reading, um, Mr. Pickwick. Uh, yeah, so it's like it, you know, the whole thing is um, yeah. I think that idea that that uh, there's someone there to kind of uh, guide you through this, and and again, you know that uh, there are big ideas there, and and that if you can read, and and that's you know that is Matilda's although obviously she develops the kind of uh, moving things with her mind mm-hmm. uh, thing later, the, that reading is where her superpowers start, you know, that, that she can read as a, you know incredibly young child is the, is the thing that opens up the world to her. And I think, you know, obviously in that context. I don't know if you've seen the um, – have you seen the musical, Matilda? No, musical? I never
1: have. I've, I've seen the play um, or I've seen a play, but I've never seen the, uh, the, the, the musical
0: so in the musical the 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 mrs phelps character is there as well and um and matilda is telling her this story which is kind of um ultimately turns out to be the story of uh uh of miss honey's parents i think Uh, but um but but it's this kind of tragic exciting but tragic story and and the librarian's characters reactions to that and matilda's Absolute delight in horrifying her uh, with with the story and the the terrible things that happen it 's just brilliant it 's so well played and, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, the musical is great uh, uh, really um, great piece of entertainment as well lovely who 's number three number three I have actually is the librarian at the unseen university, so we have already talked about him uh, yeah, so my number four is a character called Oswald Bates and um he's from a uh a short kind of i suppose what what would be called on Netflix now a limited series but, yes uh, i guess a mini series or um we we'd call it or or a drama um called Shooting the Past which is uh, by Stephen Polyakov yeah and um he's one of a, a a number of characters who works at um, a photographic library um, in this kind of rambling uh english house uh the you know stately home kind of thing and the the story is about um how uh the the site has been bought by an american uh who's wants to develop it into a business school and um and uh, there are a number, there are a series of characters of uh, Oswald Bates, is, the, the head of the library is, is played by Lindsay Duncan, um, a brilliant uh, performance, but Oswald Bates is the kind of the, the main librarian, I suppose he, he's the, the Lindsay Duncan character is more of a manager. Um, and Oswald Bates is played by Timothy Spall again, kind of brilliant uh, performance. And he, um, he is really, determined to first of all deny this is happening at all so like just absolute refusal to to engage with the idea that the library might be dispersed or closed down and then um then does everything he can to kind of throw barriers in the way so one of the things they want to do is to um sell off the there are a number of pictures in the collection photographs in the collection which are of high value you know worth hundreds of thousands of pounds, and so he he immediately wants to hide those in the rest of the collection so amongst the thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures, how would you ever find you know these uh, these gems and obviously you know it 's a reflection on his skill set as well um, and i mean he 's rather a tragic character honestly he's he 's not incredibly likable um he he's not it, he's not unlikable, but I I don't think, but he's also not, he doesn't have many really likable characteristics again, kind of spoilers, but, um, he eventually attempts suicide because he, um, he feels, um, well, it's not clear or, or it's an ambiguous thing, but, but he feels that maybe the world is no longer somewhere that appreciates what he does and what he loves. And, um, he's not successful and he, he, you know, the, there's a kind of uh, a nice coda to the story in terms of his relationship with, with the Lindsay Duncan character. But um, he's kind of, for me, he's a kind of tragic version of Bunny Watson, who I t- talked about as my number one, because he, he ends up on the the hard end of, uh, of like this idea that, that libraries are maybe something of the past. Um, but he also is, you know, he, he also embodies this idea of of he knows the collection he is immersed himself in the collection and he knows it inside out and he finds amazing stories one of the the really lovely things about the the film is that they have these long sequences where staff tell stories of people through the photographs in the collection and just one photograph on the after another on the screen um uh as somebody tells a story about you know, how the connections between these things in the collection and the connection between people and the photographs and these captured moments of time. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, a lovely film and, and, again, kind of reflects on this idea, like somebody says um, to him at one point, I take it you're computerised. And he says, like, you think we have computers? Like, we, we you know, it would take years to, to c- catalogue and get this lot online. Which you know, this is a. I think this was, I can't remember the date of when it when the, the film was released, but it was probably in the nineties. So kind of pre-internet, or you know, mobile phones are a big thing in it. Like it, like people getting mobile phone is like you know um, this kind of this signifier of modernness. You know, it's a um, so it's that kind of period, late nineties, I would guess, that it was released and. Um, yeah and i think that again you know it's it's something that i think as as librarians uh, as a librarian i see that idea of like those problems that they talk about like finding stuff in this huge amount of information is something that you still you know it's something that gets worse and worse over time we have more and more information it becomes more and more difficult to find things but also like and having that expertise is is something you aspire to in a sense And, and it's kind of and it's a very specialized kind of librarian that, that is about knowing the collection in that way. But it's also something that I think personally, it's like I, probably my kind of childhood dream of being a librarian is about like knowing that kind of knowing every, you know, it's back to that having read every book in the library kind of thing. But yeah, he's he's a, a much more ambiguous character, I'd say, than than the uh, my other choices that he's not heroic at all uh, or well not. Maybe not at all, but he's he's not a hero. Um, but he's um, he's a man trying to find his place in the world, or 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 who has had his place in the world and feels it slipping away from him. And yeah, I think it. And again, you know, part of it is the performance. Timothy Schmall is just, I think, brilliant. And and in this, he gives a an amazing performance of this slightly eccentric um, man who who is trying to hold on to things. Wow. <clears throat> I'm
1: going to go for my number 3 with uh, Brooks Hatland I believe. Uh it is. Yes, Hatland. Uh from Shawshank Redemption or well or Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption if we're going to go with the the short story. Um who is the librarian at the prison um, in the early, well, yeah, the early twentieth century. Um, he is also uh, the dear listener may remember the uh, the one who kept the pet bird in his jacket pocket. And when he is released, he is the one uh, who uh, goes to work in a supermarket he, he basically sets up the pattern of behavior for when morgan freeman 's character red uh, for for when red leaves um, prison. He sort of sets the template of you go to this supermarket you you live life as a as a a grocery bagger um, and then you Uh, stay in your little miserable halfway house uh, with its little window and you step on the uh, stool and you commit suicide and you leave a note. And that's because uh, Brooks sets that template um, and and because of the way that the film is made, that's the expectation of of what's going to happen to Red. And um, he's, yeah, he's just this that That sort of lovely trope of the old timer um the old lag you know he's 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 been there he's harmless um but you know he's he's got a spark of personality and he and he's you know he's got this this secretive little uh little burden that's his that's sort of his transgression, and it's the one that's kind of everyone knows it's the open secret, but that's his little you know transgression and um yeah, I just think um not not necessarily an important person as a librarian but a good character that happens to be a librarian
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and it's it that's interesting because um when i was when i was thinking about like all of these different representations of of librarians i that i felt like one of the things was that, that there were these characters who were maybe librarian as a secondary characteristic to what whatever else mm. they did mm-hmm. but um but that so, so then the fact they're a librarian is a signifier for something like often, you know, of of some position of authority or knowledge or um, or maybe goodness. And I think in this, in the Shawshank Redemption, this I like because obviously the um, Andy Dufresne, the main character, also you know he he that's one of the things he does with. Um, in the prison is, is to campaign for the library to be improved and better. And again, like the, you know, as you say, like, I mean, another, you know, obviously another tragic character, um, in the Brooks is, 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 is a tragic character in the story, but, um, but is, you know, the, and it, and I guess it's this reflection of, you know, Andrew Dufresne, and I guess ultimately Red as well, like, see the a better world whereas brooks never manages that and and he's you know for him the library is is part of the prison whereas for andy it becomes like he you know he i think there's a there's a scene where he gets all the books delivered where he's written a letter a a week for for like six years or something to a campaign to get more stock in the library and and that you know um that he sees it as a, a way of freeing freeing people, and I think you know the library is almost. I mean, one of the interesting things is is the library, the idea of the library and the the librarian definitely often are used to overlap. So that you know this idea of the library, the librarian as all knowing, is a reflection of like the knowledge in the library, right? So the library, the librarian becomes a a, phys- a, a human manifestation of the library. But I think that this is like this idea of of the library as a uh, as both maybe somewhere that that can be restrictive or constrictive in in some circumstances but also can be something that opens the world up to you is is really interesting and i think that that in that film and I, i've never read the short story i have to say but but in the film like that it reflects both sides of that i think who is who then is your number five so my number five I've got a real dilemma here. So have I. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, I've got two people in mind who are completely different. And, I'm um, uh, and originally, right. I've changed my mind as I've talked to you. Okay. Originally I was going to go with Rupert Giles from Buffy at yep. this point. And, um, and he, and he, it is a great character, but I think um, I'm going to go with, a completely different kind of character which is uh Tammy 2 or Tammy Swanson Tammy 2 oh! from Parks and Recreation
1: so happy <laughs> she's my number 4 she's Sarah I just right. swapped I just swapped her with another sitcom librarian uh so she's she's gone down to my number 4 but that's just bumped her up that's wonderful
0: <laughs> so i mean she's she's introduced uh so Parks and Recreation i guess if people don't know it uh, set it, it was it was kind of a uh an attempt to do the office in the amer u s office mm-hmm. in um in uh local government yeah. and similar stuff yeah and the main characters are in the parks and recreation department um and leslie nope uh, uh played by um amy puller isn 't it um uh, mm-hmm. Is the is the main character, and she her boss is called Ron Swanson, played by Nick Offerman. And uh and the Ron Swanson character is a really all-American kind of uh woodsy woodsman, you know, kind of no nonsense. He hates local government. Mm-hmm. He he only works local government to bring it down from the inside, uh, because you know he's got this kind of libertarian streak. Uh but his uh we're introduced to Tammy too which is his second ex-wife, his first wife also being called Tammy. And she and she is so awful. She is by far the, the most awful, terrible character in the entire Parks and Recreation series because mostly Parks and Recreation is about people who have their flaws but are ultimately good. And I, she is mm. like... No, you don't agree. <laughs> no, well, no, no, I mean,
1: I—that's that, certainly right, and that's that's Mark, Sh- that's Mike Sure, uh, like to a T. Um, I don't know if she's the most because I'm trying to think of um, who is Tom's friend?
0: Oh, played, <laughs> you know, that's true. And, her, yeah. and his sister, and his sister, Money, um, <laughs> <"Mani>,
1: please. They're,
0: <laughs> yeah, they're pretty true. irredeemable, that but is, yeah. they are also irredeemable. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's it's a hair's breadth. <laughs> you're right. Those are both also terrible character, terrible people, and yet the the parks and recreation staff are so much more forgiving to the, them because yeah. they don't work in the library and they, <laughs> they hate it's, they, it's like um t- you know she's introduced as this kind of uh woman who has ruined you know had a really destructive relationship with with Ron and um you know it is awful and and then they say you know the worst thing about her though she works for the library and it's like <laughs> uh and i think ron says something like um you know the worst person in the world working in the worst place in the world but and they just despise the library and it's just uh, it's obvious i mean it's obviously done in tongue-in-cheek in in the program but it's just wonderful to to see these people really despise (laughs) the library and this woman in it who you know she's i mean she's awful she also like she and ron when they get together have this intense sexual chemistry and magnetism this animal magnetism <laughs> yeah that uh, that goes in rather unpleasant directions mm-hmm. uh, um but um Does, doesn't um, Ron end up with half a mustache at one point <laughs> yeah and later he gets braids in his hair as a, yes. I, I can't remember they run, they run off and get remarried and yes um Yeah, I mean, he 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 is not himself when he's with her. He represents this kind of. She represents this kind of temptation. I think the first thing she says is, um, Leslie. No, goes to visit her, and the first thing she says in the in the entire series is like, "You've got a cheek showing your face here." Um, you owe $3 in library fines. And, it's like, and And the other thing about it is that, of course, she's played by Megan Mullally, who is married to Nick Offerman, who plays Ron. So they're playing the, this ex-husband and wife on screen, their husband and wife in real life. Um, yeah. I, I mean, just this very grotesque, brilliantly funny creation, uh, I think, uh, and... Uh, yeah brilliant series overall yeah Na- uh, super just come to netflix so we we watched it it was one of our lockdown kind of you know like lifelines was watching yeah. the entirety of Parks and recreation oh,
1: it's 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 a, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing and i i love um because the first six episodes aren't great it was the same with with the u.s office um because i think it ended up being a different sitcom really um and so those first six episodes i think it struggles and leslie nope is not a sympathetic character no. um she's almost a bit more of a Palin character i think um and then in the when, when it sort of really starts to to, to bed in is is after the, the that sort of first mini-series and it's it is it's so wonderful in in that that true style of the the 22 minute just popcorn you know it's just you can just keep popping them in um and it, it's it's so wonderful and watchable and it is so like the the town of Pawnee to absolutely hate anything to do with knowledge or anything <laughs> yeah. to do with you know um improving oneself or one's lot or anything you know that their, their, their whole town is run by this sugar conglomerate uh sweet is it sweetums <laughs> yes.
0: sweetens that's um
1: right. yeah and like that you know that that's the that's the height of culture uh for Pawnee and um ah, it's it's yeah it's so good well uh from one sitcom character to another then this is one i've just swapped uh around um and it is uh have you seen seinfeld
0: i have yeah um now i haven't watched that for a a long time but yes
1: yes so i've gone with lieutenant bookman from seinfeld who is known as the library cop um I think he only appears, it might only be one or two episodes at most. It's probably just the one. And he's played by one of my, uh, it's it's an actor who I always love seeing, um, Philip Baker Hall. Um, who was in Magnolia and, and lots of other things. I always confuse him with the guys in Network, and I always think it's the same guy, but it's not. Um, but he, he's this proper sort of old-school Chicago fast-talking kind of cop guy. Right. Um, but he just he just works – he's a librarian. Um, and so he's, he's got great quotes, and I've got one here, which is, what's my problem? Punks like you, that's my problem, and you better not <laughs> screw up again, Seinfeld, because if you do, I'll be all over you like a pit bull on a poodle. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he just keeps hounding um uh, Seinfeld for for a book that he hasn't returned and he just he he dogs him at every turn and he's just so you know so wonderful and dramatic um and dark you know he's such a great such a great character.
0: So I don't remember this at all. Um no, so I mean you know uh, Seinfeld was one of those things that I remember watching it like you had to hunt it round the BBC two schedules at like kind of, you know, it would be on at 10 o'clock or, you know, quarter past midnight, you know? It, and, and so my kind of what I watched was sometimes a bit spotty and I don't, I may have watched that episode or those episodes, but I certainly don't remember them. But yeah, that, uh, again, I think, you know, nicely playing off that both the, the stereotype of like librarians, you know, kind of being a bit, you know, cop-like you know enforcing the rules yes and uh but but then playing it as a you know hardened fast-talking cop is great yeah. yeah it's
1: it's wonderful it is just the one episode so i think you can you can probably find there's probably a compilation on youtube and if, if there is i will link to it in the show notes um but it is it is worth watching for just it's yeah and and obviously you've you've got that set against you know it's just a light book you know Seinfeld being Seinfeld (laughs) um what's your problem um and it's yeah it's it's lovely um so yes there you go So my thanks to Owen Stevens for uh, appearing on this week's List Envy, and uh, apologies for you know audio quality being what it is. Uh, I think I have now sort of got the studio set up just the way I like it, and uh, I think Owen was, was was there just like one, only a few hours before I got it all set up, because uh, I actually think I, I was... Um I took delivery of everything I needed that day. So, uh, yes, uh, it should start sounding a little bit better from here on in. Um, Anyway, that aside, uh, if you like the show, if you want to let people know about it, if you like this episode, if you found it enjoyable, uh, then uh, if if you want more people to listen to it, then uh, there's a simple thing you can do. You can go to refer.fm slash list envy and you can get yourself a special little link and if you share that uh, around your social media and, and your friends if, if that's the link that you share when you want to tell people about the podcast if you get five people to subscribe to the show then I will make a video for you uh, with a, a topic of your choosing I will make a top five list as close to on the fly as I can um, to be as spontaneous as possible uh, based on any topic you give me and uh, that means, of course, if I know nothing about the topic, I will just make it up. So if you want to know what that sounds like, refer.fm slash list No money changes hands. It's all just a way of, you know, growing the show a little bit. Uh, but otherwise, then, you know, tell your friends and that would be lovely so so next week we are talking positive tech developments for musicians with Ella Gregg that was a fascinating conversation uh, and uh, a very good list it's another one a little bit like the creative tips uh, that we did earlier in the year it's it's one of those that's kind of nicely you know there's, there's all sorts there uh, that, that dovetail nicely together so uh, do stick around for that uh, if you want to subscribe to the show uh, you can visit the all new spanky looking website at listenvypod.com. I've been doing a little bit of work there, trying to tidy things up a bit and uh, just, you know, make consistent the websites for the podcasts that I make. Uh, so uh, yeah, you'll find it there at com. I don't think there's anything more to tell you about just for now, other than all sorts of Personal developments and, and, uh, yes, and, and, and to thank Stuart Parker for his tireless work in, uh, helping me find. Wonderful guests to speak to, so uh, that uh, that will continue for a little bit longer we we've, we've still got some some fabulous guests so uh, yeah listnvpo stay subscribed to the podcast tell your friends and uh, we will uh, for now let us get back to the the list we've uh, we, we've got a job to do here let us finish off myself and Owen Stevens building our top five list of fictional librarians. So I think we so we have your five and we have um, we have some overlap which is which is very nice. Uh, so Tammy Two was was next in line for me. Um, so with that in mind, then you've got Bunny Watson uh, from Desk Set, uh, Liriel from Old Kingdom, the Discworld Librarian, Oswald Bates, and then Tammy Two. Uh, I've got. Uh, the Discord librarian, Mrs. Phelps, uh, Brooks uh, Hatland, uh Lieutenant Bookman. Um, he works in the library, and his name's Bookman. Um, and Tammy too. <laughs> so I've had a little go as we've been chatting of, of jotting down a, a provisional combined list, and I, I want to run this run this by you, see how you how you feel about it. Um, from five to one, Tammy too has got to go in there. Uh, Liriel, Mrs. Phelps the Discworld Librarian and then and then Bunny Watson um how do you feel about that
0: I'd be very happy with that list uh yeah excellent oh, oh well this is well
1: well well it's it simply uh it, it's um incumbent on me to to ask you formally um <laughs> uh, Owen do you uh oh, no I'll address you by your by your full title Owen Stevens do you consent to this list I do indeed were there any other honorable mentions that uh that you would have put in but you didn't Uh,
0: i have a long list Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so rupert giles giles from buffy yes uh you know so close to to making my list um if i hadn't changed my mind at the last second i bumped him Um, down at the last minute (laughs) uh, and also alongside him uh, there's a character I don't know if you've ever seen. There's a series of films and then a TV series called The Librarians or The Librarian, the, the original films. So starring Noah Wiley, um, uh, who was um, in ER, I first remember seeing him in ER. But um, and called The Librarian. The first film, I think there are three films, and then there's a ser- there's about four seasons of a TV series. Mm-hmm. And he plays a character called Flynn Carson, who is this kind of perpetual student who then is uh ma- invited by a magical invitation to become uh the librarian and which involves kind of hunting down magical artifacts and i think he has to find like uh the spear that pierced the side of of christ uh and um uh the holy grail i think and you know it's this kind of uh quest thing they are absolutely ridiculous but, um <laughs> but quite fun and mm-hmm. the tv series again i think was about four seasons uh which introduces some more characters and is quite fun probably one of the 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 things about the series which is uh um it has a cameo from bob newhart as a librarian called judson who's kind of a a, a mentor to him so rupert giles Flinkarson. carson uh, Evelyn Carnahan who's the librarian in played by Rachel Weiss in The Mummy with uh, Brendan Fraser movie. Yep. Uh, I mean most notable because she gets drunk uh, with uh, the Brendan Fraser character and and says you know I'm proud of what I am and he says well what's that and she said I am a librarian and you know that is a great line well delivered. Yes. Um cuz I've got kids of a particular age we watch a lot of cartoon series, mm-hmm. uh, on, especially on Netflix, and there are some great librarians in some of those. So Avatar The Last Airbender, I don't know if you know that series at all, but brilliant uh, cartoon series, um, has a librarian called Wan Shi Tong, or He Who Knows 10,000 Things, uh, who's a spirit owl, like this kind of serpent-owl uh, hybrid character who... Who eventually buries his library to stop humans abusing the knowledge in it? Uh, he's brilliant. Um, Twilight Sparkle from My Little Pony. Uh, she's the librarian. In that, she that's what she's sent to do is to be the librarian. Um, it, it's kind of a a side gig for her. Really, it feels like she doesn't spend a huge amount of time in the library, but they mm-hmm. does come up. Um, there's um, a character. There's a series called uh, Hilda about a girl living in a kind of Scandinavian setting who sees um, magical creatures all the time and she encounters a librarian called uh, Kaiser, who's a witch, or Kaiser, who's a witch. Uh, Great character. Um, Peppa Pig, Miss Rabbit, is the librarian, obviously. There's a great Peppa Pig library episode. Um, There's, uh, in the reboot of She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, also a great series, uh, there's a uh, a couple, um, the the parents of a uh, um, of one of the main characters, uh, Lance and George, and they they kind of they're not formally librarians. They're kind of historians, but they live in the library and and kind of manage it. Uh, nobody seems to be allowed to go there and do stuff. But you know it's like, um, and then two uh, more adult ones. Um, there's a A series, uh, a film called Party Girl. Oh um, yeah, uh, which is a '90s indie kind of comedy drama starring Parker Posey, Mm -hmm. and she gets a job in the library. uh, um, And there are several librarians in that. And her aunt is also a formidable character in it. Or no, sorry, godmother, um, who's the librarian. But she she becomes, uh, she decides that's what she's going to do. She like it's all foreshadowed at the start where she's kind of shes in, she's a girl who likes to go out and party and uh, dress in she has no money, but she loves to dress in all these uh, amazing outfits and um she but they're all like when when one of her friends starts reorganizing her jeans she's like gets incredibly upset and so they were all in order and it's, <laughs> <laughs> um and i 've got one more which is um uh the name of the rose by Umberto Eco and mm-hmm. film with sean Connery and um christian slater uh and there there are kind of a number of people i mean the uh, uh, spoilers uh, if you haven't seen it but <laughs> but the 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 kind of central well, part of the centerpiece of the plot is that uh the librarian or some of the 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 uh this this blind monk called george de burgos is uh is or Jorge, i guess Jorge de burgos uh uh is um Po- uh, killing off people in the in the monastery and he's doing and part of it is he's trying to stop people finding aristotle's book uh poetics which is about laughter and joy and he doesn't want anyone to read it and so he 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 poisons the pages so that as somebody reads it they they lick their their fingers and uh, and uh and die uh, re- uh yeah if you want an example of the librarian as somebody who who absolutely prevents people getting access to knowledge, he's <laughs> he's uh, a really good example. The keeper of knowledge, I'm keeping it. Yes, yeah, not and, letting anyone have it. Yeah, absolutely. And that is definitely a trope that that occurs. <laughs> um, that there's, I mean, not a, she didn't make she doesn't get my. I don't think she's a, enough of a character to make my to make a, an honourable mention. But there's, um, madam. Um, pince or pants from harry potter um mm-hmm. and she's a rather unhelpful librarian she's not <laughs> she's not quite like i keep all the knowledge but she isn't she tends to be rather unhelpful and and seems to be a barrier to knowledge rather than an enabler of mm-hmm. it so yeah Oh, wow. What a a magnificent
1: list. Um, Yeah, I I, I pretty much exhausted mine. I I had one or two and I I was thinking about a series of unfortunate events uh, and and characters there. And then I sort of realised that they weren't necessarily librarians, the ones that I was thinking of. They were just people who revered books and had big collections of books. Well that there is in the tv there is series, a, yeah
0: there is a librarian isn't there olivia well she's she yeah olivia caliban and yeah. she plays the librarian in the well, place no <laughs> she's the character uh she is the librarian in the um i can't so remember I guess... the name, where they go no where? They, well w- where they go to school which is oh yes um i can't remember the name of it no but whether they're sent to boarding school and she, that's where they meet her as the librarian. And then she turns up as the disguised, she joins the the secret organization VFD. And that's when she then turns up as the fortune teller in the circus in the, in the next, I haven't read the books. Um, so I, but I, I, I was looking at, into it and she, she, um, so apparently I think the character is a bit less prominent during the books. She... she takes quite a major role. Oh, uh, one I've forgotten, um, mm-hmm. but I don't feel able to talk about it. I, I suppose or, her um, is um, Barbara Gordon, um, who's Batgirl, and she's a librarian in some of the comic book ones. But I I haven't really. Uh, it's not an area that I know about, so I know like she's occasionally rep- she's represented as a librarian, and uh, but it's uh, so she probably is worth a mention. But um, but I can't give you more than that. I mean, she becomes. In later books, she becomes, uh, or later books, later kind of in the series, she becomes Oracle, doesn't she? Which, again, is kind of this idea of all-knowing, kind of, she's the, the information hub for, for um, the various superheroes. But, um, yeah.
1: Wonderful. Uh, well, we've, we, um, I'm, I'm very pleased with our list. Uh, I think we, we've done a good job. Um, where can people uh, keep up with you and, uh, and your work as a librarian or your work as just a human being?
0: Uh, well, they can find me on Twitter. I'm O Stevens. that's O-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S on Twitter, if people want to follow me on there. And, um, yeah, that's probably the best place to find me. Um, and uh, yeah, it's not all libraries and librarian. I mean, that is, that, you know, it is what I do for a living and I love, obviously. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, uh... That, and
1: of course, <laughs> I've got to ask, where, where can... Uh, I, I was, I was going to try and find the the verb to to librarian to to li- to liberate um <laughs> where where do you where do you do that where, what is your library of which you are the librarian? Uh, well
0: I, I I'm not uh, actually I I call myself a consulting librarian I'm I'm a consultant um and my training is as a librarian but I stopped working libraries about I don't know 10 years ago and now I work with libraries so currently a big project i'm doing is developing software for uh freely available software for um libraries to to run computer systems in their in their libraries um called Fo- the folio project and and we're trying to build an open source library system and that's what i spend most of my time doing uh right now um and i work with universities and various organizations in the in the uk and across the world to to try and, you know, my fascination professionally is how can we make computers most useful and, you know, help people both run libraries, so the kind of administration of it, but also kind of give people access to information, which is what, for me, it's all about. You know, that, that's, that's what I want thing, you know, to, be, to happen as a result of m- me doing my job, ultimately even though I work in a kind of very specific area of it. Uh, Listen, uh,
1: this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Owen, for uh, for being on Listendly this week. It's been a
0: real pleasure. And if I may say one last thing. Please. During lockdown, my daughter, who's nine, ten years old, uh, has just been so reliant on the library for access to stuff through their audiobooks and ebooks. And if anybody is looking for ways of, Filling their time, or, you know, please do think about using your public library. They're an incredible resource. They're not as well funded as we'd like. And, um, you know, if I was going to say anything to people with this thing, go and use your public library. They're brilliant and, or they can be brilliant. And uh, uh, and they've got amazing resources ebooks and audiobooks uh, are part of that. And you can get that from where you're sitting right now.
1: Would you say a fair place to start would be the, the Libby app? Because that works with your local library
0: yeah the yeah and um a lot of um libraries use uh, a an app called BorrowBox as well um which uh is ebook and audiobook stuff that's what i'm based in warwickshire and that's what our local pu- public library system uses yeah. and um a lot of other libraries in the country do as well yeah
1: wonderful well um i'm gonna go and read and i suggest uh that uh, the listener does too um thank you thank you